1: Hey math fans, Jason Marshall, Math Dude here with your weekly dose of quick and dirty tips to make math easier. Do you fancy yourself to be a bit of a density diva? You know, the kind of person that understands the concept of density as if you were born with a gold-plated hydrometer in your hand. That's an instrument for measuring the density of fluids. All kidding aside, whether or not you know a lick about density right now, I bet there are quite a few things about this handy idea that you aren't aware of. And today, our goal is to help you make the first steps towards becoming a density expert. What is density? How can you calculate it? What are some densities of common everyday stuff like water and air? And how can you use all of this new knowledge to understand what will and will not float in water? Stay tuned, because those are exactly the questions we'll be answering today. Okay, first things first. What is density? When we talk about the density of a certain material, we are talking about how compactly the matter it's made of is packed. Put more precisely and more mathematically, the density of a material is the amount of mass contained in a given volume, say the number of grams per cubic centimeter or kilograms per cubic meter. The mass of something is really just a measure of how much stuff that something contains. By stuff, I mean the number of protons and neutrons contained in its atoms, since that's where almost all the mass of an atom is. So the density of a material is a measure of how many protons and neutrons it contains in a given volume. High-density materials, like metals, have lots of stuff per unit volume while low-density materials like the air we breathe have a lot less stuff in that same volume. The important thing to know is that density is useful because it gives us a consistent way to calculate and compare the compactness of different materials. As a quick aside, it's useful in life to know a few numbers by heart. One of those numbers that's good to know is the density of water. Why? Mainly because it's a convenient baseline material that we're all familiar with. And, as such, it's convenient to use as a comparison for densities of other materials. As an added bonus, the density of water is really easy to remember. It's 1 gram per cubic centimeter. This means that if you were holding a 1 cubic centimeter cube of water in your hand, that's about the size of a sugar cube, it'd weigh 1 gram. This, as an added bonus, now gives you a good way to think about how much one
0: gram weighs. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really.
1: Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better.
0: Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to easy eye care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Just for
1: comparison, the density of air at sea level is about 0.001 grams per cubic centimeter, or about 1,000 times less dense than water. The density of normal, everyday rock is a little less than 3 grams per cubic centimeter, or about 3 times the density of water. And the density of iron is just shy of 8 grams per cubic centimeter, or about 8 times the density of water. Just to totally blow your mind, the density of the hydrogen and helium gas at the center of the sun is upwards of 150 grams per cubic centimeter. That's about 150 times the density of water, or 20 times the density of iron. And yet, because it is so hot, this material is still a gas. With this basic understanding of density under our belt, let's now move to the question of how you actually go about calculating the density of some material in the real world. If you understand the definition of density, you should pretty much already know the answer. Since the density of a given material is the amount of mass contained in a given volume of that material, it must be that you can calculate the density of some piece of material by dividing its mass by its volume. So if you have a cube of something that measures one centimeter on each side, you can find its density by dividing its mass, in units of grams or kilograms, by its one centimeter times one centimeter times one centimeter or one cubic centimeter volume. If you have a sphere of material with a radius r, you just have to divide its mass by four-thirds pi r cubed to find its density. Of course, most real materials don't come as cubes or spheres, which means calculating density is usually a little tougher in the real world. The tricky part about measuring the density of these real-world objects is measuring their volume. One way to measure the volume of something is to place it into a tub of water and watch how much the water rises. This rise is directly related to the increased volume of the stuff in the tub, and the change in volume you measure must therefore equal the volume of the object you put into it. And thus, if you know the mass of the object, you can use this calculated volume to find the material's density. With all of these practical considerations out of the way, let's turn to the all-important question for today. How can you tell if something you put into a bathtub full of water is going to float? The answer turns out to be pretty simple. Any object whose density is less than the density of water will float in a pool of water, while any object whose density is greater than water will sink. As we've seen, the density of fresh water is 1 gram per cubic centimeter, while the density of metals is many times greater than the density of water. How, then, is it possible that a huge ship that's made out of dense metal can float? The secret is that most of the ship isn't made of metal. It's made out of the stuff contained between the metal hull, namely air. The density of air is very low, so when you calculate the density of the entire ship, you'll find that its density is lower than water, and thus, a boat will float. On the same note, this explains why people can also float in a pool of water. To begin with, humans are mostly made of water, which means our densities must be right around that of water. But humans also have fairly sizable lungs that fill up with very low-density air which means that our densities are actually a bit less than water. And thus, we too can float. Okay, that's all the math we have time for today. For more fun with math, please check out my book, The Math Dude's Quick and Dirty Guide to Algebra. It's perfect for you and all the math fans in your life. Thanks in advance for your support. Remember to become a fan of The Math Dude on Facebook at facebook.com themathdude and on Twitter at twitter.com slash jasonmarshall. Until next time, this is Jason Marshall with the Math Dudes Quick and Dirty Tips to Make Math Easier. Thanks for listening, Math Fans.
0: Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try on.